with another frolicking and rollicking episode uh we're doing news and notes as an intro before ty and myself take you on an nfc east football preview ride uh but before that we're gonna get the wrestling half of the show with my main man the man of 3000 matches kb from kb reviews and russellrumors.net what's up man Oh, not much, not much. Just uh, I do love that my the number of matches changes every time I'm on here. It was supposed to be that's supposed to be a subtle thing, and then now you just you just you just slam the joke right on the nose and let everybody. Uh, I, I just thought you couldn't count. Let everybody in on it. Uh, yeah, it, it may or may not change every time. <laughs> it's just uh, that'll be the thing though. From right here out, it'll just it'll just go higher and higher and higher. Well, um, it's gone lower and lower. Is the problem? Oh, it has. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll remember that then. I'll start writing down which one I which one I said <laughs> last time. Um, we just got some news and notes, things to go over. Where shall we start? Do you got anything that sticks out in your mind that that that's um, that's happened this week? Not really, because it's that weird period where we're getting ready for SummerSlam and the card is set, so there's yeah. not really a lot going on other than just the hard sell. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more looking forward to Takeover than I am SummerSlam. Oh well, yeah. That I mean, after you hear the uh, the preview show that I recorded with Shocky, that'll be coming out as a companion piece to this podcast. Uh, yeah, we are we are as well. Um, I guess uh, speaking of of Takeover and NXT though, um, once again, news is bubbling about the fact that there is a little bit of. Uh, uh, strife in the upper levels of the WWE um, oh, between Triple H and his people and Kevin Dunn um, of the old guard. And, and yeah. for anybody who is uninitiated, Kevin Dunn uh, has been the main producer for WWE programming and Raw and SmackDown for years and years and years and years. Getting back to the Attitude Era. And uh, he is also something around the realm of 12 pounds of shit in an 8-pound bag. Um, the rumor for a long time has been that he has purposely uh, tried to go out of his way to bury NXT talent that Triple H brings up. When he brings up, that's what happened to Bo Dallas. That's what happened to the Ascension, which they did a fantastic job of. of oh, yes. both of those, especially the Ascension. And now he's trying to do it to uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin Dunn. I hate you with the, th- the fire of a thousand blazing suns. I could, if I could fucking do the things you, you're a fucking idiot. You're a, one of the pieces of shit who turned fucking wrestling into what the fuck it is today. And you have helped Vince McMahon pr- attempt to turn this thing into fucking Johnny Carson live with the fucking reality and variety show fucking bullshit and when somebody who was a fucking talented wrestler comes along that doesn't fit your stupid little fucking mold that helped us do so well for so long these last fucking 10 years especially since we're still living off the class of 2002 from fucking OVW you stupid motherfucker 
Now, you want to bury this next guy who could be your next big thing. I don't know, man. That's fucking terrible. I'm just glad that hopefully now we have somebody there in Triple H that will come in between this old regime and talent getting crushed too much. Well, I mean, <sighs> here's the thing with, with Triple H. Now, no one's... You know I'm not nearly as big a Triple H fan as you are. And... I don't think it's. I don't think you're going to argue that Triple H has played some favorites with his cronies over the years. Of course. Now, there's one thing though. Triple H's cronies were wrestlers. That is true. Yes. They've actually done things. something. Yeah, some things. Yeah. I mean, the story goes that Dunn has his job because his dad saved some tapes from a burning car. And, and now he has him. a job for life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nash may have been the lowest drawing champion ever, but he was. There, he was on the shows. He yeah. was doing something, and I'd rather have those people around who actually have some kind of experience rather than someone whose big contribution has been, "Hey, someone's in the back, and we're watching them talk. Let's watch the audience watch them talk." Yeah, that that was one of Dunn's ideas. You know, where they'll just cut to the audience watching something on the screen. Why do I want to see that? And it's never not awkward when that happens. By yeah, the way. It because it's it it jars you away from whatever they're saying because oh look everyone's looking at the screen why am I not looking at the screen why am I not yeah that's true and, and just stuff like that and you have to look exactly like this and if you don't look exactly like this you have no future here or whatever uh, because Dunn no apparently knows everything about looks oh yeah yeah whatever yeah. isn't he that guy who Jim Cornette said he looked like fucking Buff, Bucky Beaver and he made fun of yep. him and had to fucking apologize and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah the teeth are legendary yeah uh, if nothing else he was one of the brains behind Total Divas god damn tell you, that, that fucking should, moron yeah that there you fucking go should tell you everything you need to fucking know if, if you notice Jesus fuck if you know with Vince and Dunn on top you saw what the Divas were now with Triple H's influence you see what they are now you can kind of see maybe Dunn and Vince have some issues with women. Maybe some. Just maybe a little bit. Uh, but yeah, every every wrestling fan seems to be just waiting for the day that Vince finally dies because there's no way he's ever resigning. And Dunn That's can a bit, be f- a bit and, harsh, but yeah. Well, well, well. The reason being, they're waiting so that Dunn will be fired because he had he might make it a full 14 seconds after after Vince dies if he's yeah. lucky. Yeah. Um, just, and of course, I don't want Vince gone because uh, I'm not sure where things are going to go then. Uh, in my it, life, I don't think I, I don't know if I can handle that. I don't think I could think I can handle yeah. the world without Vince McMahon in it. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like when Dusty passed away, like yeah. no, he can't be gone. Yeah, people like that they can't die. That's not allowed. Yeah. Um, but just uh, maybe done. I don't know. Gets kidnapped by ninjas and panel vans or something, and then doesn't come back with. Uh, no explicable reason as to why he got yeah, kidnapped uh, in the first place. Speaking of things that happen on TNA, you okay? Now, 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 here we go. This is the one where you can tell me. Yes, sir. You tell me about what the fuck this is that happened with GFW and TNA here. This man this alive. Um, have oh. they pretty much just like, you know, they already rolled around in the ant hill of TNA, mm. and now yeah. they're gonna like let's just smear uh, honey on our bodies and then do it a fucking again. Yeah. Because we do not want to succeed, like, at all. Well, okay. The Tell me what happened. 
GFW, which I finally got those letters right. I keep wanting to say GWF. Okay, bad um, start already. Anyways. Yeah. GFW sent in uh, Kurt Hawkins, Chris Masters, um, and Sanjay Dutt, and a few other guys, with those probably being the top stars, oh, uh, Justin Gabriel, and decided that this was what they needed to showcase. I mean, I'm fine with those guys. I'm What I'm getting at is the entire concept of the fact oh, yeah. that they did a fucking joint show with TNA anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, th- the worst part is they have people that, on their roster that might be interesting. I mean, there's Moose, who I know you're a Just a, a bit, fan. yeah. I mean, but they don't put him out. They put out the most generic guy in the world in Kurt Hawkins, and they hype it up as this dream match where Hawkins completely gets outshined by this other guy they have, who was nothing that great. Uh, it came off again like, well, this is happening. It's It was more interesting, but it doesn't make me want to watch Global Force. It makes me want to see, does Global Force have anybody else? Which, the thing is, I know they do, but they're not going to put them out there for reasons that I will never understand. Um, this comes off more as Global Force trying to help TNA than vice versa. Which is, for various reasons, is crazy. <laughs> yeah. The fact that uh, there is something absolutely hysterical about... Dixie Carter having to go to Jeff Jarrett to help her, though. Yeah. I, I don't know and what with it is. His, with his new promotion that doesn't actually have any name value whatsoever. Right. His promotion so far is one TV taping, which was said to be okay, and about seven or eight house shows. That is the extent of his promotion so far. Which, um, speaking of, uh, also extra funny news on that, um, apparently for the first show, this is more information that I got from my Inside source at GFW Project Pat. The first tapings had something like a $50 price tag on the lower bowl tickets. And this time it is something like $20. Now those numbers might not be exactly like right on, but the point stands. It's like less. It got slashed uh, less than in half. Yeah. You have lower bowl tickets for like 15 bucks. Well, for one thing, fifty bucks for a, for lower bowl anything is crazy. I mean, a WWE house. I think show, I think it was actually forty or yeah, forty forty and ten. I think is is closer to what it actually was. I, I mean, but, I went to a house show on Mother's Day. That lower bowl was like twenty bucks. That's for a WWE show. Yeah. I mean, it, that's not so. I don't think that's so much a sign of of a bad product as much as it is a bad business plan. <laughs> Either I mean, either one's not going to fucking do much for them. That's not... No. Yeah. I mean, I might... I mean, like we said at the end of the day, this place has no name brand recognition right now, and they're asking 50 bucks for lower bowl for a TV taping that might completely suck. That may never even be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Speaking of which... I, I'm probably going to a Shakara show in October. Front row for that is 40 and Shakara has a heck of a lot better brand recognition than Global Force does. Yeah, I mean, it's twenty. That that shows twenty bucks for general admission. Why would? Oh man, that's just no. And to watch, especially when you consider the Impact show they just had, it was their biggest commercial so far. If that's what I'm being offered, no, no one would go to that. <laughs> but that that show was it was more interesting than their most recent impacts. But 
that's not saying much. No, most definitely not. Um, yeah, I things are getting off to a very uh, a worrisome start for yeah for Global Force. I, I um, don't unless they again you have Moose throw him out there let him just destroy some villagers. Well, I think I've seen something on um saw something somewhere that said that Ring of Honor set it up to where Moose okay. can't he can't be on their televised stuff. Just okay, I can understand. Shows. I can ex- I can accept that if that's true. Yeah, which makes sense because Moose is fucking awesome. Um, our last bit of news before we go to what we're expecting to see or hoping to see tomorrow night on uh, Raw or tonight on Raw, whenever this is posted. Um, so <laughs> on Raw, did you fucking see this shit about China? Oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which 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 part which part should we address first? Should we address the fact that she fucking approached Triple H? At Roddy Piper's fucking funeral, of all places, turned it into the last episode ever of Piper's Pit at his funeral to say sorry or whatever the fuck she said, because that, that's the thing. That's what she thinks is going to get her back into the good graces of the WWE. I've got bad news for you, sister. Probably not going to work out that way. Especially with probably, I'm assuming Stephanie was right next to Triple H when Uh, she said this. No idea. Shouldn't matter. No. Jesus. Yeah, because that's the exact... That's what China needs, Jesus. That's what I... Ugh. Second off, this is even (laughs) better. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She then is later on this week on an interview. Mm Mm-hmm. Where... uh, Do you remember which one I'm going for here? There's only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she fucking told these guys... These guys asked him, you know, was there any discussion of you being... Um, WWE champion and being the coked out fucking liar that she is um, she said well I had the opportunity with Playboy and Vince told me if I ever do play if I did Playboy that uh, I would never be world champion because you know whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and then said she said well as a woman I prefer to be you know uh, liberated and all super cool (laughs) So I selected, I chose Playboy over the world championship. Where do you, Where even, do you even start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In stereo. Verbatim, verbatim was I was saying with you, yeah. Oh, good Lord. First um, of all, the WWE most definitely was like the ones that set up the whole Playboy deal. Yeah. They so would, that doesn't make any sense. They promote, the, it was a storyline with, with, with Eddie and him storming the mansion. Um, there's no fucking, I don't think they would have, I think if she would have had the ability and been over enough and it would have been, you know, uh, a plausible thing to do, uh, I don't think they would have had any, especially back then, Ruthless Aggression, end of the Attitude Era, they'd have been 100%, they'd have been completely fine with a with their world champion being a big time top selling Playboy model. Yeah. I mean, uh, no. no. And then of course, down to the fact that, uh. China is a giant liar and a fucking moron. But yeah. let's not forget that. Uh, well, I mean, the, the the thing is, she got one of the reasons that she got let go was because she said she deserved as much money as Triple H and Rock and Foley and Angle and Austin and people like that. And pretty much, it was the exact same response you and I just had of trying to stifle laughter. Yeah. Because no, no, you're not. You're a mid card act, and you're lucky to be that. 
and you got over once because Jeff Jarrett was really, really good at being a jerk. And you know what sucks, though? You know what? What's a goddamn shame? She just wasn't such a fucking ass clown. She could have been a really, really over huge deal for like a really long time. And oh, she yeah. would have learned how to work and, you know, not lost her fucking mind. And... Yeah. Damn shame. Her, Damn her shame. This her is where we're at. Jer- her stuff with Jericho wasn't that bad. It, uh, it was I mean, pretty we, bad. Well, thank you, Chris Jericho. That's that's. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that I, comes down to the next thing I was going to say was when she had someone to someone that talented to walk her through it. Yeah. Um. But but give in their hottest period ever. I don't think she was going to be champion. No, just a hunch. Yeah. Um, just 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 a hunch. What do you? What's your hunches about Raw tomorrow night? What are you hoping to see for out of Raw? Well, uh, it's the crowd reaction is going to be very interesting. Um, they've been hyping up Lesnar and Undertaker in the same arena, which is the Target Center in Minneapolis. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, if they were hoping to get Undertaker booed, they might have found the only place in the country that will do it. Yeah, maybe. That's yeah. Um. I was hoping to see the to see some hype built up on the Divas Elimination Tag, which I thought would be nine Divas and eight eliminations required to win, but no, it's just a elimination triple threat tag. So, wait, so when, when you, one person gets pinned, the whole team is gone? Yeah. Well, good. Hopefully that'll get, you know, team batted out of there fairly quickly. When one gets pinned, they can all just go away. That, yeah. That's... But it comes off as a way for... Cole to freak out and say, Team Bella is mortal, without Nikki being pinned, because Nikki can't be pinned ever. Oh, I got you, I got you, I yeah. got you. I mean, she, her, the absurdity of that has almost gotten to a point where I find it kind of, like, funny, kind of yeah. entertaining on an inside, inside kind of way, so yeah, I, I'm well, fine with that. Let's see, the one hope, I don't believe for a second they'll do this, the one hope that I have is maybe, maybe, the fact that she will tie the record the day after a Raw. Maybe they do a title match the day before she would break it. As a curveball. Now, I don't believe for a second they'd actually do this. Because, good lord, if we have to spend another six months building up to this record being broken again. (laughs) Which I have a feeling you guys touched on this yesterday, but the only reason anyone knows of this record is because you guys won't shut up about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I would love it if they just pulled the rug out from under her with one day to go. That would actually be entertaining. No, and, there's no fucking way. Come on. Oh, they're not. I know they're not. Um, dreaming. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it's maybe at Night of Champions they can finally start treating this like it has a chance to go down because otherwise we're just sitting around running around in circles at this point the matches have been better and it's nice to see them serious but they have nothing to fight over and um, I'm, I was hoping we would get some hype for that but instead no we're just going to make it all three teams with just team name with just team and then insert name here because the days of the visionaries and the vipers. I mean, at least it's happening, you know. I, That's true. I'm I, I'm cool with it. Um, yeah. What else is going down on Raw? Fucking 
Rollins and Cena will probably have a pretty solid segment. Don't you they think? probably will. You got to think Cena will be back. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I think they've advertised that he was going to be back on the show. Oh, they did. Okay. Somewhere they announced it in some fucking obscure ass. I think it was a tough enough, maybe. Which oh, is well, as, I, as obscure as it fucking gets if you look at the numbers. Um, I know they said he was going to be back on there. I know they said he'd be back at SummerSlam there. I didn't know if they said he'd be on Raw. Yeah. Yup. So should be a pretty eventful. I mean, the, the go home shows are kind of whatever these days. Yeah. But uh. Hopefully, um, we get a decent one out of it. Um, you said you had, we got some stuff, we got some plugs, yes. we got some plugage. Before we get Ty Burna on the xylophone, we're going to bust out NFC East preview for you guys. Aren't you a Cowboys fan? Yes, sir. Well, fuck you then. No, I'm just, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so you'll be interested to check that out afterwards. Oh, yes, I will. Uh, Ty and myself will be giving everybody an NFC East preview. But first, KB. Yes. What do you got going on? What do you got to to shill to us this week. Uh, this week it is a thing called the Wrestling Bundle. Now, what this is, basically, um, a group of people that I've worked with before have put together a package of some matches you haven't seen before and some exclusive uh, shoot interviews, which are only being released for this. Um, and it is at thewrestlingbundle.com slash gotommy G-O-T-O-M-M-Y Um... Basically, what it is is it's a uh, a package of things, but it's a tiered system. So the less you pay, the more you get. If you just enter in your email address, you get a free 30-minute shoot interview with Matt Hardy. So there are actual big names to this. Um, the highest tier with everything in it is probably going to be around 15 bucks. So it's not like this is going to cost a fortune. Uh, that would in- the highest tier includes stuff like uh, there's an interview, there's a, sh- a shoot interview slash documentary with the New Age Outlaws. Uh, there's another shoot, a, regu- a standard shoot with Matt Hardy. Uh, a bunch of matches. There are some ebooks involved, including uh, um, uh, History of SummerSlam and uh, History of Raw from 98 with every match reviewed. I've done similar books, but uh, they're by people that actually know what they're doing. Um, uh, there's a bunch of matches with people like uh, Samoa Joe, Punk from his indie days, uh, Daniel Bryan, people like that um now this will launch tonight at midnight and it is only available for one week it will be off the market permanently about an hour after SummerSlam goes off next week so it is literally a one-shot deal at it um and the site again is thewrestlingbundle.com slash gotommy which is g-o-t-o-m-m-y and there's a list of the stuff you can get you get in it on there and it's worth checking out All and right. with in the lower tier it's pretty much whatever you want to pay, you get that, and then the highest tier is, like I said, around fifteen bucks. Fucking a! That was a tidal wave of information. Yeah. All right, one more time. Website: thewrestlingbundle.com/slash/gotommy. Explain the rules. Uh, you get stuff based on how much you pay. How much does it fucking cost? The maximum will be fifteen bucks. Fucking a, everybody. There we this, go. This is why I need you around. Yep. There we go. This cut right to the fucking core right here um, on the Wrestling Wars podcast. Thank you, KB, for your wrestling bundle offer. You're a bundle of fucking joy <laughs> on this show. Um, and everybody, sit back in your seat. NFC East preview is next. And as I predict, the Cowboys go 0 and 16. That wouldn't surprise me. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, back with the hundreds of thousands of dollar man, 
the equalizer, Ty Berna. What's up, man? Ready to do some uh, NFL divisional previews? Definitely, man. Let's uh, do it. Today we're covering the NFC and AFC East. The East is the East. Um, two divisions that have a lot of interesting upheaval in them. Probably the two divisions that have the most amount of uh, uh, interesting upheaval in them between um, everything that went down with the Eagles and everything that went down with the Bills this offseason. Wouldn't you say, bud? Yeah, definitely. They're probably the two most interesting as far as I'm concerned. Um, the Dolphins, the, the Bills, you know, they took some major steps to try and challenge the Patriots this year. On the NFC East side, you got Philadelphia that just went bonkers, and I'm sure yep. we'll get pretty, yep. pretty heavy into that. Uh, the Giants, I think, will rebound pretty nicely this year. Otherwise, you got Dallas and New England sitting on top right now. So. Okay, yep. Um, so, we'll get right into the NFC East. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, we'll probably kick off with the the most interesting team of the offseason, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh the Eagles head coach Chip Kelly is very, uh, very into his own program, running things a certain way, having a certain amount of uh, character or things, character qualities that he looks for in his players, um, and he has done a lot. He traded a lot of superstars. He cut a couple of superstars. I mean, he's definitely building this team in his own way, and from that perspective, I can definitely respect it because if you're going to go down, you're going to want to you want to go down doing things your way. Um, my personal opinion, though, while everybody has been freaking out, for anybody who didn't know, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, are, them and the Baltimore Ravens are pretty much my um, local market teams where I live. Um, Everybody was freaking out, you know. He got rid of Shady McCoy, the running back. He got rid of, uh, I people say he did got rid of Jeremy Macklin, but he didn't really get rid of Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin signed somewhere else for more money, um, but people spin it like he got rid of Jeremy Macklin. Um, got rid of Nick Foles last year's starting quarterback. Um, but to me, I think what people are missing in all the upheaval is that Chip Kelly managed to fill all of the Eagles' holes from last year. Their secondary had holes. He signed Walter Thurman um, and Eric Rowe and drafted Eric Rowe. Uh, the, def the defense didn't have any teeth. They got ran on a lot. One of those trades was from one of the best young linebackers in, in football in Kiko Alonso. Um, so slowly but surely, while Chip Kelly moved a lot of big pieces around, he also plugged every major hole that they had. Now, if everybody stays healthy, which yeah. he's counting on that happening because he has his own way once again that he does uh, that he does athletic training and medical care. Uh, Novacare is a uh, kind of a new agey um, medical science uh, firm that they employ up there at Philadelphia. Um, so he's counting on these guys being able to stay healthy. Um, Demarco Murray and Ryan Matthews are two guys that are going to fit perfectly into his running system which is a sweep one cut downhill running system um if and like you said if it is if but if things come together the way kelly is looking at them to come together i think this team could crush it really could what do you think man they're in a position right now there's no in between it's either going to be they're going to be great or they're going to be horrific i mean would you agree with me on that like because it's the all-torn ACL team, in my opinion. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, 
Um, if Bradford goes down, they have a decent backup in Sanchez. Yep. You know, he's not going to wow you. He might, he'll manage the game pretty well, but you're really banking on Bradford staying healthy and working in a system he's used to that he, he excelled in college. Yep. Yep. That spread offense, you know, quick out, quick throws, um, run the ball a lot. You know, that's going to play up to Bradford's strengths pretty well. The like I said, the biggest worry I have is all the injuries. Um, Demarco Murray, he had finally for one year he's been healthy, and he got paid. Yep. More power to him. But let's see if that can stay that way. That's always the big concern with him. Uh, Ryan Matthews is about the same way. He gets hurt a lot too, so maybe in a reduced role it won't be as bad. But if Murray goes down, that means Matthews is in, and then you have to worry about injury again. Yep. They're wider. Because Matthews has gotten hurt plenty over his career as well. Yeah, to put it nicely. So, um, Philly's got a pretty good offensive line, so I think Murray will... I don't think he's going to be what he was last year in Dallas because... It is Dallas, still a downgrade, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's still got the offensive line to block for him pretty well. Uh, McCoy did well, even though his his skills did not work well in the Kelly system. Yeah. McCoy is a guy that likes to stutter step, make lateral movements, try to break away and get his yards that way. He wasn't a one-cut and up the field type of runner. So everyone's like, why'd you trade McCoy? Well, that's because he didn't fit the system. Well, and I don't think there's – think. Well, I think that um, the way McCoy has behaved since, uh, since he got traded – has revealed more of uh, the behind-the-scenes of him not fitting the character profile that Chip Kelly looks for because gonna... that guy has done nothing but bitch and complain and act unprofessional and blame it on everything else in the world besides him being a prima donna, which he also, by the way, when he got traded to a new team, um, the first thing he sat down and said was, well, this team needs to pay me a lot more money. So, yeah. Yeah, McCoy's kind of a prima donna like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you heard that story yesterday about his uh, private party. His got little on. his little party. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's just yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and go into the, the level of creep factor. Shady McCoy has put out a ad that is um, how do I describe this? Uh, it's a for a quote unquote private party where only females are allowed to RSVP. Um. You have to be over 21. Show ID. Show ID. Hold on, we're getting to the best part. When you RSVP, you have to send pictures of yourself. And when you get there, they're going to confiscate your your ID for while you are inside the place. And you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Oh, there's more to it than that even. Oh, please, continue. There must be more <laughs> that I haven't even heard of. As Not if only... this isn't bad enough. Not only that, but you also have to provide all of your social media accounts so that they can verify oh. that the picture you send and the ID you send is actually you, and they will provide you with a meeting spot where you will go to. Well, they will provide you clothing to wear for the said party. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So basically it's going to be like... Um, I think Bomani Jones was talking about So I was listening to his podcast yesterday. He goes... So basically, you're going to go there. It ain't going to be LaShawn McCoy and NFL superstars. It's going to be LaShawn McCoy and his homies. Yeah. So all these women are going to sign up for this to go to this party, and one's going to hit the lottery, and the rest are going to get a free T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, so when Chip Kelly says, I want a certain kind of character of my guys, 
he sends Shady McCoy packing, and then Shady McCoy turns around and says, oh, well, it's because Chip Kelly's a racist and doesn't like star black players. Well, you went ahead and just go went ahead and proved why exactly he might not have been the biggest Shady McCoy fan. So, uh, I hope, I really hope they do live up to their, to their potential and, um, Kelly can end up being right out of all of this. I would really, really like that to shove that in everybody's faces. Yeah. Anyways, back to positions here. Uh, wide receiver, they drafted, uh, Nelson Egg. How the hell do you pronounce him? Aguilar. Yeah, there you go. Aguilar, yep. I like him. I think he's got... I got, he's got a lot of potential. Could Speed be that. guy, can play inside, outside. He's going to move all over the place in a bit of a joker position. Um, I Yeah, he's going to – I think if things pan out, he could do extremely well for them. Dude's going to be a star. And then you have on top of that Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews, yep. Kind of had a nice breakout year last year. Yep, yep. Has, has all the potential in the world to be everything and anything that uh, Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin were before him. Um. So yeah, I think I think I think all the potential is there for, for for these guys to step up, improve the places where they were hurting last year, and do better this year. Um, but you're right; it's kind of a feast or famine situation. If things go well, I could see them being the 13-12 win team. If things do not go well, I could see them being four or five wins, and Chip Kelly possibly not being back. Um, what do you think overall? It's tough to say. Like I said, I'm I'm yeah. really I'm really in the middle. It it's either boom or bust. Um, I don't know if if they fail this year. I don't know if Kelly's going to be out necessarily. Oh well, I think he's going to be. It's going to be hot. Seat's going to be hot. I think if they oh, fail this year, next yeah. year is going to be make or break. Yeah. yeah, because this is his team, but it's only the first year he's actually had all of his guys full, yep. full control. So yeah. it, it, he's got a lot of young guys in there still. So it's very possible they might give him two years, if especially if this year just completely falls apart. Yeah. Um, and Bradford's only Bradford hasn't signed an extension or anything like that. So yeah. if it falls apart, Bradford's gone. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So I. I'm gonna put him at a. I'm gonna put him at ten wins for right now. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I'm gonna put him at ten for right now. They they got a lot of talent, so I'm thinking just by sheer talent alone and Kelly's system, I think they can get to ten wins. I think it'll be better than what they did last year. the The defense should be stronger. Uh, you no, know, that secondary was brutal. Yeah. They got some help there. Running back, they they got a running back that'll work better in their system. Two running backs actually. I like what they did at receiver. Um, you know, it's it depends on all the injuries. And if Kelly's system works for keeping guys healthy, then, I yeah, I definitely think they could be a division winner. They're going to be basically compete. This, it's basically between them and Dallas at this point, I think. Okay. Well, you said you said you thought the New York Giants were coming back. Let's let's move on to them. Why, why not them? You think the Giants are going to be resurgent but not quite – on the level to be able to contend at the they're, top. They're close. Uh, they're getting back. I think their defense is starting to come around again. Yep. They need more offensive line help, though. Is yeah, their badly, because they already had their left tackle go down in training camp. Yep. Not even in training camp. OTAs, he got hurt, and he's out for the yeah. season, so they're going to have to start a rookie at left tackle. Um, 
I do like the looks of the offense, though, if... If, uh, if Manning can get some time. Well, if Cruz can come back fully from that torn patella, yep. um, that, the Bob McAdoo offensive system with Beckham, Cruz, um, Larry Donnell, Shane Vereen catching passes, I mean, I think that could be a very, very dynamic offense if the offensive line does not screw it up. Yeah, they're they're one of those teams. They have everything except the offensive line, and you and I can probably both attest. You can have all the playmakers in the world, but yep. if you have no time to throw the ball or no run rush blocking, you ain't going anywhere, anyways. You got to get your trenches built up, and I think I don't think they did enough this year, this off season, to alleviate that concern. Um, with the McAdoo system, though, it's a lot quicker passes. It is. It is. So hopefully that'll, for them, hopefully for them, it'll help uh, mitigate some of those issues a little bit. It definitely helped out Eli last year. Uh, yeah. Eli, Eli did a lot better. You know, like beginning of the year, he was still Eli from 2013, where he was interception machine. Yeah. You know, 2.0. Uh, but towards the end of the year, once Odell became, you know, got back and Larry Donnell showed up, all of a sudden, now that passing game was cruising along very nicely. Yep. So that there's that. Uh, the JPP injury is kind of up in the air, but at the same time, I don't know if that's going to hurt them as much as people think because he didn't show up really last year, even until yeah. the last Later five in the years. Year, yeah. Yeah. So signs are sh- signs at the end of the last season were pointing up. So it's a matter of can follow they... through and can yeah. that offensive line gel? Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, they're, they're an intriguing team. I think they yep. they can make moves, but I I don't. We'll just have to see if that offensive line is going to hold them back. They got running backs now. I mean, they got enough of them. Yep. And Jennings, Williams, and Vereen. Vereen's not going to take as honestly at, at that whole spot there. Um, uh, Williams graded out as like one of the most least efficient running backs in the league last year. Yeah, and there was yeah. a lot. There was a lot of high hopes. A lot for him. of hype. A lot of hype. Yeah, there was. I remember, myself included, on some of my fantasy teams. Yep, yep, yep. Um, um, so I think in the long, Vereen is not a three down back. He's not a first and second down back. He's a guy that you put. He's a third down back essentially. So in the long run, I think, unless Williams makes some serious steps, it's going to be Rashad Jennings. Yep, again, and then and spelled by. Uh, Spelled by, by Breen. Although yeah. Jennings is an injury a minute too, so yeah, who knows? Williams might get a chance to get back in there and prove you wrong again. Um, I see them best case scenario probably eleven, ten wins. Worst case, I don't really see them bottoming out that badly either. I could see I was... them being a seven win, eight win team at worst too. I could see them right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, seven nine is probably the lowest I would go for them. Uh, that whole eight, that NFC East, aside from the Washington, it's like eight and eight and up pretty much yeah, for yeah. Dallas, Philly, and the Giants. So we're uh, on to the, another one of the big boys, the Cowboys. Um, I think that they are, besides the uh, situation with the running game, I think they are pretty frightening this year with the addition of uh, James Hardy. And uh, Sean Lee coming back to help out that defense. Greg um, Hardy. Greg Hardy, excuse me, yep. Greg Hardy, uh, Sean Lee coming back to help that defense. Uh, Des Bryant is re-signed. Um, I think the running backs that they have there are going to be enough to uh, – they're not – no one of them is going to replace DeMarco Murray, but uh, but uh, 
as a group, I think that um, I think they're going to do very well and come close to matching the production, or at least matching the reliability of like we can go to the running game and get good production out of it. Um, if Tony Romo can stay healthy, I think this could be a definitely a competitive or division-winning team. The only problem is it's the Cowboys, <laughs> and they are always ready to self-destruct right when you think it's it's going to be all good. So there's always a chance of that. But as far as uh, I mean, receivers look good. Tight end uh, Jason Witten's getting older, but still looks good. They ought, and they added more talent to the best offensive line in football. Um, like I said, they added two, they're going to add two major impact players to the defense that was already decent last year, improved a ton. Um, I don't see, except for the Dallas factor, I don't see any reason why this team also doesn't have the potential to be a 12-win, 13-win team and be battling it out right to the last uh, the last few weeks with the Eagles for the for the division championship. How do you read them? Uh, the running backs concern me. Okay. Uh, they do concern me a lot, actually. McFadden, how long is he going to last? I mean, he already got injured before they even started training camp already this year. Uh, yeah. He was not. He's not an answer. He was their like last gasp. I'm okay. This is my backup plan F. You know, like. Yeah. Way down the line. I mean, they could even rather go get Chris Johnson and do better than McFadden. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't take a back in the draft, man. There's a lot of them. They're so deep. Yeah, that was that was really that really concerned me there. Well, I think they have faith in uh, Randall, personally. But, anyways, keep going. Well, Randall got Randall just got con, uh, convicted. He's got two years probation from that whole stealing from a mall thing that he had. Yeah, when he stole underwear last year. Right. Yes. So, how is he? He's probably gonna what lose what two games off that probably for suspension. Did he? Get... He didn't. He didn't get suspended last year for it. Yeah, but that's because. Uh, Litigation was still going on, though. Okay. Um, so now that that's over, I'm guessing the NFL will probably take a look at that now and probably yeah. give them at least at least two games. I'd probably say. Yeah. Uh, con, you know, conduct detrimental to the league type crap. Sure. So they'll probably lose him for two games. <coughs> what has Randall proven, though? Like. It's true. That, it's true. That's that's what's concerning. It's it's another boomer bust thing for him. If because he's never really had that opportunity, and even when he's been, you know. Bell Murray, he's never been in there long enough to really prove anything yet, to really show what he's got. Um, so with that being said, last year why the reason why Dallas was so good is because they could rely on that running game yeah. and not have to have Romo try to air it out 50 times a game. Because we know what happens when you put too much of the pressure on Tony Romo. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's my biggest concern is because that's why Romo did so good last year. He was far more efficient with the throws he had because he didn't have to make as many. Yeah. And since yeah. the running game was running so much, that opened up windows for Des Bryant, Jason Witten, and the passing game. So if that running game is not up to par, because even though they have such a great offensive line that I could run for four yards behind it yeah. um, per carry, that doesn't mean it's going to be nearly as effective as it was last year with DeMarco Murray behind that's true. Him. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, if I mean, if that's personally, I th- I think that those guys are gonna fill in decently. But I could see where that'd be a concern for you. So you don't see them. You see them being competitive, but they they will not. If the Eagles, if everything comes together for the Eagles, you don't think they can outdo them with that running game. Uh it's tough. 
I think right now I would I would I would favor Dallas over Philly right now. Okay. Just because I think Dallas, even though without that running game, is still a more proven quantity. Yeah, for sure. If for you, sure. If you will. For uh, sure. Tony Romo destroys any running quarterback they have on Philly's side. Yeah. By far, uh, Romo I think would I'd probably put him in the top, probably top six quarterbacks in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would. Been, I would. Because now with that offensive line, they've been protecting him, keeping him upright, and giving him all the time in the world. Then you have the all-world beater, Des Bryant, Des on the outside. Bryant, the man! So, yeah, I think it, regardless of, you know, I think um, it, the offense may not be as efficient as last year. It's still going to be potent as hell. Yeah. So you see him as a as a division favorite, but oh, probably, not, uh, probably not noisemakers in the playoffs, though. I don't think they were really noisemakers in the playoffs last year, even. Like, they barely beat Detroit. What? They should have fucking won in Green Bay? They should have been in Seattle. And they probably would have lost to Seattle, honestly. Oh, uh, they beat them earlier in the year. Playoffs are a different ballgame. Yeah, though. that's true. I don't that's... know. But you don't you don't trust that running game enough to make them to make them a top four contender, though. No, in the playoffs, you need some sort of running game. Yeah, for sure. You okay. definitely you definitely need a running game. Uh, that you know, even just to, in, in the playoffs, if you have some sort of running game, it doesn't have to be you know, you don't have to have Adrian Peterson back there running for 200 yards to have an efficient running game. You need enough that you can control the flow of the game, control the clock, yeah, if necessary. You know, um, I think that's probably part of the reason why you saw, you know, Green Bay had major issues the last couple of years until they got Eddie Lacy in there. So and now, become, yeah, and now all of a sudden, now they're back to the NFC Championship game. Um, if they would have had someone like Eddie Lacy when they had to play San Fran two years in a row, yeah, I think might have been a different story. Might have been a different story, but because they had to rely on Rodgers and Rodgers alone, San Francisco knew that and loaded yeah. up against that. Yeah, with that, yeah. good memories, good memories. That's all they are. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> now we can move on to. We always save the 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 most entertaining team for last. Um, the fucking dumpster fire that that is the Washington Redskins. Um, let's go down first of all down the road of uh, what do you think of the ongoing deal with them thinking about changing the name, man? What do you well, get, a, get a quick I, a quick hot take on that on the that situation? Well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because there's always been this controversy in my state, North Dakota. Yeah, the fighting uh, Sioux. Yeah, the fighting Sioux. Yep. We uh, what's weird about this whole situation is is that there's not I don't think there's a single um, native group in that area that supports that name. Yeah, and, uh, and well, that was and they should well because the difference there is the Fighting Sioux is uh, the Sioux tribe is a real tribe for one. Yep. Yep. The, the Fighting Sioux is is like building it up like you know we admire like when you call a team um, the Spartans or the Trojans. Or, or the Vikings, or something like that. You know, you're paying homage to the fighting spirit and, and bravery of uh, a group of people. Um, right. Redskin, no matter what fucking way you twist it, is a racial slur. That yep. is a straight-up racial slur. I mean, you might as well turn around and name the Eagles the Philadelphia Blackies, cause, uh, or the Dallas White Boys, because that's... Um, Redskin is, is, is a word that was used... Um, you know when there used to be Indians around uh, <laughs> to just describe a, them as uh, you know as a, as a derogative point. Yep. So I just don't. 
I, I don't understand how this has even been a thing for so long. It seems absurd to me. Yeah. Uh, their whole argument is that, well, the Redskins is no longer the historical aspect of Redskins for the team isn't a derogatory term. It's been around so long that it's become a historical part of the team, not a racial epitaph as well, far as they're so concerned. so fucking what? Fuck it's, off. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, and you have such an easy easy answer, the Washington Warriors. Yeah. That would be fucking awesome, and you wouldn't even have to change any of the branding. Branding, you could keep the logo, you could keep everything the way it is, and just change them into the Washington Warriors, and you're fine. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't understand. And you can make cool fucking logos with WW. Like, I don't... I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be a breaking point pretty soon here because they lost all their they trade- lost all their trademarks. Yeah. Yep. So so I mean for money from the money as I mean the money aspect alone it's like okay, um, you change the name so you get all new jerseys that everyone else wants to buy because they don't want to wear the Redskins name anymore they want yeah. the new team name so yeah. you have all those jerseys all that merchandise. Um, you can put you get all the goodwill because okay we realize this is a racial issue insensitive yeah. Yep, and we want to make it right by the native groups that are pushing this against us. Okay, let's do that. Boom. Next thing you know, you have uh, great goodwill towards you. Maybe changes some feelings towards your team. Uh, get more people to become fans. Uh, get you know, just everything involved with that whole situation, just from a business aspect. Well, especially like, um, one of the names this is funny because the story came out I think two years ago. Um, as like kind of a sign that people were looking for, some neighbors of Dan Snyder, the Redskins owner, for anybody, anybody out there who doesn't know, um, some of his neighbors trademarked or bought part of the registered trademark for the name Bravehearts. Um, so there's some thought out there that maybe that's what's going to be the name, the Bravehearts, um, which, again, would be paying homage to uh, Native American uh, warriors and things of that nature. And that's a fucking cool-ass name, too. So um, let's, get, let's get Mel Gibson involved with this, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, maybe, no, maybe not. We're trying to get away from the racials. <laughs> right. On to their... From the shitty oh, owner God. to the shitty roster. Um, I don't even know, man. I mean, it seemed like Jay Gruden just, you know, deserved a chance. Uh, after being a solid offensive coordinator for so long, but it sucks that it came uh, under these circumstances because, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, let's see, what's their good side of their offense? Um, Alfred Morris? Alfmo? I mean, they did some things to upgrade the offensive line, and it looks like with the new offensive coordinator that they have that they're going to focus more on the power running game. So uh, between the upgrades to the offensive line and that new focus, um, hopefully that's going to help some stuff out. But this this has got to be it for either Gruden or RG3. Or both. This year, or both, yeah. It's got to be it this year, don't you think? Yeah. Um, RG3 is in dire need of a new situation. He needs to get away from the from the Washington in the worst way possible. I mean, that he's gone... I mean, Shanahan pretty much ran him into the fucking ground yeah. his rookie year, and he's never recovered since then. Um, you know what's such a shame, too? Is right up I-95, about an hour drive away, would be a fucking wonderful system for him to be in. And old Philly, that'd be goddamn beautiful. But I don't think Chip Kelly wouldn't deal with his with his prima donna fucking everything's yep. about me fucking bullshit. Um, that's what that's so. what everyone's saying about RG3. Yeah. Everybody hates like everyone hates him. Like yeah, 
even people that aren't on the team, like there's coaches talking like, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I, like, I don't even want him near my team. Yeah. Um, he does not have the leader qualities that a quarterback is needed to have. Um, last year was a pretty proven uh, fact about that because he in that one press conference after they lost and got their asses kicked, he threw everybody else except him under the bus, basically. Yeah. Everyone else had to stand up, and it's like, dude, like, you're the quarterback. Like, you take all the blame. Yeah. It's just like any coach. It's like, you. when did you ever see Favre, like, for instance, when did you ever see Favre say, oh, it was our offensive line's problem today? No, Favre said, I should have played better. You know, straight up, like, it was my fault we lost. I should, I could have done more. You know, that's a team leader right there is one that takes fault for it to protect everybody else. You don't throw anybody else under the bus like that. So it's, it's it almost sounds like RG3 hasn't matured at all since college. Yeah. And on top of that, with his injury concerns and, you know, he's, he's Michael Vick without... The spectacular a, production. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Um, you know, Vic, when he was young and had his athleticism, was fucking amazing. Yeah, you know? it was. Yeah, amazing doesn't cover it. Yeah. Yeah. When you start losing that athleticism, he wasn't quite the same quarterback. He wasn't the same quarterback anymore. Even that even started in Atlanta before the whole dogfighting issue came up. Yeah. He was he was losing his speed. He was losing a little bit of his agility. Um, if you don't have a pure pocket passer style to fall back on, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, there's... That stuff ain't going to last forever, and we've seen right. that with RG3's legs have both been, you know, between the ankle and the knee uh, messed up a lot, and his confidence has been pretty much wrecked. It's a shame because cause, cause Washington can be intriguing because they ha- it's a good offensive system. They have good weapons. They got Pierre Garçon. They got Deshaun Jackson. They got Jordan Reed. Um, they made some good additions to their defense uh, with a pork chop. What's his last name? Can't remember. Guy from Denver. Um, really good uh, offensive uh, lineman. Terrence. Uh, lineman. Terrence, Terrence uh, pork chop Knighton. They yeah, signed him this offseason. He's a real good disruptive pass rusher. I mean, they added things to their defense. Um, help that out a little bit. They got good weapons, but it's just a fucking mess at quarterback and head coach. And those are the two most important parts that you need to have going good in concert. So, yeah, that's the weird. Like that's the whole weird thing about Washington is that like you have all these good pieces, but they can't put it together. Yeah. For some reason, let's. I don't. You know. I don't know if it's just a dysfunction of the entire organization. You know, last year they didn't even have a quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Like, what team doesn't have a fucking quarterbacks coach? Like, I don't care who you are as a head coach. Uh, you could be the fucking quarterback whisperer, Mark Trestman. He still had a quarterbacks coach. Yeah. When he was yeah. in Chicago, like, yeah. how do you like? I don't care if you think you're the god's gift to quarterback. You just pass it on to the quarterbacks coach and tell him what the fuck to teach the quarterback. Yeah. Like, it ain't that difficult of a concept. You're not going to go broke as an organization to have one more extra coach because they have fucking quality control coaches, which I think are glorified water cooler boys. But you can't have a quarterback. Organizationally, the whole thing is a, is a mess from the owner down to the coach down to the quarterback. It's all just a giant mess, and it's a shame because the rest of that team, they have players. They have some decent players. Um Best case scenario and worst case scenario, what do you see as far as wins? Best case, 8-8. Eight eight. Okay. Best, 
best case. I'm talking. <laughs> All right. Everything goes the right way. Worst case, uh, I'll go three and thirteen. Okay. I just I have no faith in this team at all. If RG three goes down, then you have the almighty Colt McCoy. Well, I feel like if you know what, fuck it. If they went into the season, if they just got rid of RG three and that wasn't a cloud that was hanging over, and say they went into the season with Colt McCoy in that spot in that offense, I think they could do okay. If it was. If there wasn't always all this shit going on down there, and if they went into the season like, okay, we're going to put 100% of our focus and development and reps into Colt McCoy, I think they could be, they could do decent. I mean, Jay Gruden and that offense got decent production of fucking Andy Dalton, and with less weapons than what would be available in Washington with Colt McCoy. I think they could do okay, but that's never going to happen because they're going to try and push RJ3 and... It's going to be a hey, fucking mess. But you have to say it, though. They they have to. Yeah. They yeah. have no they yeah. have no choice. For what they paid to get RG3, they have no choice but to give it one last final shot. Because if it, you know, if it fails, then they say, well, we gave it five years. Yeah, you know, they most certainly did. They, they gave it five years, and that's, you know, we tried what we could. He's just, he's damaged goods. And he'll be on his way. He's on, he's on his way either which way out of this, after this year. You think so? I think so. There's no, there's nothing. I don't think he, I don't think it can be redeemed between him and the team. It's just been so far down the hill. Yeah. Um, maybe in 2016, if he gets on a new team, a new system, um, just a fresh, a new place to start. Yeah. I think maybe he could bring something along, but as right now, he's just, he's absolutely miserable in Washington. Washington hates him. Yeah. They don't want the only reason why they're throwing him out there is because they have Colt McCoy and Kirk Cousins apparently is not the savior that everyone thought he was going to be. Yeah. After he had his final, finally had his opportunity to start an extended period of time, he fell apart. Um, which is kind of funny. Remember when everyone was like, "Oh my God, they got RG three and Kirk Cousins in the same draft." Yeah. They did amazing. Now everyone's like, "Dude, that sucks." <laughs> yeah. Like that just went downhill in a hurry for both of them. So. Yeah, Washington. I, yeah, I don't know. They, I, I, I can't trust a team that's run by Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Yeah, it's and I don't, I'm not a big fan of Jay Gruden either as a coach. He doesn't seem like he knows what the fuck he's doing as a as a head coach. As a head coach, yeah, no. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that he's great as a coordinator. Um, you don't want him as your head coach. So as far as the division, you got it, uh, Dallas. Philadelphia, yep. New York, and then Washington. Yep. I got it. Philly, Dallas, New York, and then Washington. So oh, you're going, you're going Philly, huh? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think if everything comes together. Um, Drinking that Kool-Aid, son. I like telling it. you. Uh, okay, so we will see how those things all play out. Um, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us this week. Um, we'll be back next week or in a soon I can't say next week because who knows what might happen um you know uh somebody might you know somebody might reappear in the WWE Kevin Owens might win the triple crown in one day I don't know but the plan is um probably next week or in the coming weeks we'll be back with the AFC East and uh put that out there for you guys trying to get these divisional previews knocked out so uh we will be back soon with that thank everybody for joining us this week thank you ty for your awesome insights as always thanks for having me man